I was looking through doing my research as a good interviewer should on, you know, all, all our guests. And I was just surprised to see how big of a resume you have just even outside of beach volleyball. I want to give a quick rundown of some of that stuff, if you don't mind, yeah. just for our listeners. Go for it. Your First off, your interim head beach volleyball coach. This is your eighth season at the moment. Um, seven of those seasons were as the assistant coach for indoor beach volleyball, or was it also just in volleyball in general? So this is my eighth season in the beach volleyball program. I have never coached indoor volleyball at the college level, so I was seven years as the assistant beach volleyball coach, and then this year I, I'm now sitting as the interim head coach. Okay, okay. Um, we're going to have to update that information then on Google. Um, apparently, I got that a little bit wrong. But anyways, uh, former pro beach volleyball player, you have a cultural anthropology degree, a law degree. You're a massage therapist, <laughs> a yoga instructor. And on top of that, you're a New Yorker who's living in Hawaii. Um, how does all that happen? Yeah, I, I'm living the dream as that New Yorker living in Hawaii for sure. And I think each one of those, you know, accomplishments or different, you know, accolades that you point at are different, you know, sort of emanations or manifestations that I had dreams in my life to kind of move on from. So uh, when I when I left New York, um, I ended up in Arizona. I, w- I was playing beach volleyball. I was playing indoor volleyball at that time as well, too. So volleyball has really been a common thread even in and out of all of those different um, passion projects and work opportunities that I have done, educational pursuits. Um, I've been playing volleyball that whole time. So when I was at ASU, I played uh, on the club team there, and I just did a lot of beach volleyball. We had great weather, obviously. And then I'd go to New York and play pro events in the summer. I'd go to California, play pro events in the summer and things like that. And uh, I was just very inspired by the, you know, I think the area in the Southwest and super interested in indigenous issues. Um, so that's kind of how I kind of wove my way into the anthropology department at ASU, which is like a world-renowned department. So I was surrounded by like a really a lot of great thinkers and a lot of great researchers. And um, it's really interdisciplinary focus at ASU as well, too. So it kind of helped me to kind of think outside the box and, and do, um, you know, different things. And that that's really where the transition was into actually um, wellness and massage therapy. I started getting into yoga while I was playing indoor in college, uh, I'd had a kind of a heat exhaustion moment that like woke up my body in a way I hadn't really realized as a young athlete at 22 or 23 as a guy. You know, I didn't know very much at that time, but I had kind of a full body cramp experience. And then after that, I was like, I better learn how to like, you know, just monitor, you know, my energy and just become more aware. Um, and yoga was that. So as a senior in college at ASU, I took my very first yoga class and that was really the beginning of an entire, um, wellness and healing journey. Um, that took me, um, you know, in, in early years after my graduation at ASU to, uh, massage therapy school. Cause I was living in San Diego and so we lived on the beach and it was a very well, you know, being kind of place down there in the beach. And I was playing beach volleyball and trying to struggle and survive with that any way I could. 
Um, I was doing some environmental work on the side, anything I can do. And there was a massage school that I started going to get body work at. And I realized if I got a license, I could actually make pretty good money doing that. It was like a perfect compliment to live in a beach volleyball lifestyle was getting into, you know, working into wellness and doing body work. So I spent a couple of years really. Uh, and that's really how I first got to Hawaii was um, as a licensed massage therapist and started living on outside islands and working in spas. And uh, so it was, it was a good life. And again, it just was that was sort of applied anthropology for me it was using sort of Chinese medicine or yoga, these types of things and trying to integrate them into like a modern lifestyle. So that was that was kind of direction I went after I graduated. Was beach volleyball or just like coaching or being a pro athlete was that always like your main goal yeah it kind of was it I got to see like the pro tour when I was a kid we used to watch it on tv on like prime ticket or I went down and saw the avp in central park or they played indoor in madison square garden one time and all these guys I saw on tv they were just kind of selling the california lifestyle so for a new york kid just to be seeing wow these guys are playing beach volleyball but in the afternoon that guy's a school teacher or that guy's a lawyer or that you know like seeing they kind of had these like moonlighting scenarios but that they were living this beach lifestyle super inspiring to me uh so you know as i got through it i just thought it was a really cool opportunity and it gave me an opportunity to travel and make a little money while i was doing it. i never really you know made a lot of money but it was always kind of enough money to survive on to keep going to the next kind of like gig and just keep the keep the tournaments coming and keep getting more experience at what age if i may ask did you fully commit to you know that lifestyle and then like when did you transition from being a player to a coach? What was like that process? Yeah, you know, that the playing process was always, it was full-time and part-time at the same time. It was a full-time effort, but it was a part-time income. Mm-hmm. So that would, you know, entail a lot of travel to go and do camps or travel to go and try and play big tournaments. So um, those things were kind of always interlaid, my life and my lifestyle with being able to play. Uh, as the transition to coaching came after that was really, I had always coached, you know, I coached, you know, some JV and varsity teams and, um, I would do camps during the summer. That was like a really good way to make money. So I'd catch up with local colleges, friends that I had that were coaching or, um, playing in these colleges and I had opportunities to coach and those are more indoor opportunities, um, at that time. But I would always knew I enjoyed coaching. Uh, so that was, those are kind of the early years of coaching and the full-time transition to coaching came, you know, kind of long after that I had set that down, I'd really set volleyball down as like a, like a more just for fun, um, when I went back to law school. So that, that was really a transition and it was really even after law school that I decided, Hey, this is, this is going to be a real opportunity to get into coaching. And, uh, that's, that's what I want to do. What did like your friends, your family, your loved ones tell you when you said that you're going to drop the law side and your pursuit and, you know, that um, career to go full time as, you know, or just go fully dedicated into yeah, it's <laughs> a good, good question, Jay. Well, there's two sides to it, really, because I because I had been sort of this wellness guy and people knew me as a beach volleyball guy and they knew me as a yoga guy or a massage guy. 
when I said I was going to go to law school, a lot of people were like, wait, what? Like, huh? <laughs> and I was like, that was actually a dream from when I was just even just younger. You know, it was like when I was little in elementary or in high school, I was like, oh, that would be a cool career. But I kind of as I got into just growing up and living more of this beach bohemian life, uh, I got away from, you know, that idea. And um, when I came to Hawaii and I worked several years in spas and massage, I, I decided that I wanted to stay in Hawaii and I knew it's hard to get jobs here and I really didn't want to work in tourism because that was like I you know it's like it's kind of part of the problem and you know in some ways I was like wait like this is what can I do to like really become a fabric in the community what can I do to become someone who's going to be like in service to this community so that's where I said okay well the one I think I might be good at that and and working in law and I was super interested in cultural issues and environmental issues I still have lots of good inroads in both of those communities and friends at the law school who I really appreciate and I've learned a lot from um, so I, I did that and I, I really went full, fully, you know, in that direction for several years and even practiced for several years on the big island. And as that started to wear on, that's when the weight of that started to kind of come down. And it just happened to be kind of a, a moment where beach volleyball was really starting to, uh, there was passing through some of the committees at the NCAA and there was this feeling like, hey, this is probably going to be a college sport really soon. And so there was just kind of like these things inside of me that said, yeah, if it ever, if that happens, that's that's really what I want to do. That would be the perfect because it's university and it's education, but it's also, you know, volleyball and what I'm really passionate about. Um, so that, that was kind of the beginning ideas of wanting to get into coaching and starting to watch it closely and talking to um, Scott Wong was the original beach volleyball coach here, um, you know, 10 years ago. And, and him and I started having some conversations and then ultimately Jeff Hall, him and I started having some conversations. Kevin Wong was a big uh, volleyball guy in this community. He started putting me to work a little bit as well, too. So I just started making that transition. And I think uh, some of my friends and family thought, oh, yeah, this maybe is a better fit for you than, than lawyering is to answer your original question. They thought maybe, OK, if this works out, um, this will be great. But it, it's been a long journey to get to where I'm at right now um, and, and definitely a lot of sacrifice and a lot of uh, commitment and travel still just to kind of make the, the lifestyle work um, as a beach volleyball coach. So I'm grateful to be doing what I'm doing now, though. So speaking of the long journey, not, not to make you feel old or anything, um, <laughs> but I mean, it is like, you know, seven years of doing being an assistant head coach and then now to be the interim head coach, um, interim head coach of the beach volleyball team. Um, how has that switch been for you you know as as, are you taking on more responsibilities is it more of the same um do you like having like that big you know head coach title instead of drop and then dropping the assistant part (laughs) yeah um yeah it's kind of a yes end to to everything that you're saying jay Uh, overall i've been really uh kind of steeped in really every just about every you know arm or wing of the program because the nature that we've kind of shared coaches before in the past with indoor. So because Coach Jeff or Coach Angelica were working on the other side, I really had to work through every edge of it from player development to recruiting to lots of you know facilities, you know equipment, video, whatever it was. I've pretty much done it in the program. So in in, in many ways, there's not there's no real surprises for me moving into the head role. Um, I 
the we share an assistant with indoor now so i'm really kind of still doing a lot of the lion's share of both of the jobs at least administratively um so coach nick's been great he's coming over and really helping with training and starting to take a few things off but we kind of have him part-time um in the spring so um during the fall i'm really handling all those pieces so Overall, the transition has been uh, pretty seamless, I think, overall, because I am so familiar with all of the parts of the program. And yeah, I super appreciate being the head coach. Um, again, for having done all that work for all that time, I feel like I'm really ready to take on the responsibility and having seen what it looked like maybe through a little bit through Scott's eyes and a lot through Jeff's and also a little bit through Angie's. I think I have a really good sense of the program history, where we've been. Uh, and very much where we want to go at this point because I've been so deeply involved in recruiting for all these years. So I've, I've really closely, intimately, you know, recruited all the athletes that are here. So I have a really good sense of who we have and why they're here and what we're trying to accomplish. So uh, I'm stoked to be the head coach and I'm, I'm really, you know, looking to do that for, for a long, long period into the future. Yeah, no, I think that um, another thing about just being the assistant head coach for that long too you know like definitely now that you're in this position I feel like that does give you an opportunity to also learn from all those other coaches who you've worked with and like you said you know you do have a lot of that other experience you've done that role for a, quite a while now that you can't actually just like fit into this new role in a way that I think just maybe some other coaches, you know, like I might have a, like a bit of a difficulty. But with that being said, I want to talk about, uh, let's get into the season this year. I mean, obviously, I, like like I said earlier, you guys just had your Duke Hanamoku uh, Beach Classic um, last weekend. But I want to talk about actually because um, last year, you know, in uh, or not last year, but in 2020, when... COVID-19 hit and then the pandemic and obviously like all the athletics and the sports um, kind of just was at a standstill like could you talk to me about a bit about like that time and then like maybe just about even now you know what what is it like to be back and to be playing sports again yeah you know there it's a real it's a heart you know there's a heart strings on this issue for sure uh, it was great to be there this weekend. I'll start with the Duke Classic that we just played. And, and it did go good, and it really harkened back because we hadn't had a tournament there until about two years ago during the COVID season. So our season got cut in the second weekend. We hosted the opening weekend. We did the Duke Classic. Uh, we had LSU and UCLA. It was like really three of the top five teams in the country. We had lots of senior firepower. We were really excited about our really our opportunity. It was kind of a peak year with a lot of the athletes that we had. We thought we could win, uh, and we were prepared to do that. So we had a great event um, to open two years ago, and then we went up to Stanford, and we were on our way to Florida when the pandemic you know, that day, you know, everyone kind of remembers and that's in sports when, you know, everything, everyone's wings just pretty much got clipped um, within a matter of 24 hours. So we, we actually flew all the way to Florida. We were on a plane when the whole thing happened. So we showed up in Florida and had a call from the AD and we just pretty much saw it on Twitter. The Big West had canceled everything and it was okay, we're turning around. So we were 5,000 miles away. Um, when when the whole thing happens, that we turned around, we never got that tournament in. Uh, we never got to do what we were hoping to do. So you know, for the athletes, the shock, 
um, you know, for, for coaches, I think just trying to guide everyone to kind of stay together, but really it wasn't about staying together because everyone was just going home, you know, <laughs> UH, as we all know, kind of turned into quite a ghost town. Um, I'm down there in the Clarence TC Ching athletics complex and, you know, barely, I didn't even go there, you know, barely for a long, long time because we didn't have a fall to follow. So there was no spring and then we didn't have a fall. So it took me all the way until the next January until I was really in the office or on the facility with any any, any degree of regularity. Um, so the separation um, from the rest of the staff, the separation from uh, the athletes, the athlete separation from the program were all, you know, I think just naturally traumatic, disappointing. We lost athletes to graduation. We lost some of them to graduate school. Others went home. Um, so we, we definitely took some, you know, real, um, you know, there was real hurt. There was real pain as a result of the way that the whole thing played out. We lost Coach Jeff, you know, also. That was also a pandemic um, kind of, you know, loss. So there were, there was just a lot of change that went through it. And, you know, like anything, you, you know, all of us, I think, you know, learned lessons of perseverance, patience, whatever it was, just creativity to survive this thing. And so getting to the point where we are now, like last year was abbreviated and it was abrupt and there was just a lot of, it was just topsy-turvy in a lot of ways. We were just really doing the best we could just to piece it together. Um, so this year really feels like a full season. We had fall training. Um, we've had some clarity on, you know, athletes and having access to them on campus again and, you know, being in practice day after day in the fall and being down at the beach. Um, so being there this weekend really felt like a uh, like a real victory, a real vindication, a real like renewed sense of opportunity and hope for the program, for the sport, and I think really just for the state. I think it's like probably you know one of the cooler sporting events that can happen, <laughs> other than maybe the surfing contest. And it's been cool the stands open again as well too. So there, there's neat things happening, but. You know, there's there's nothing quite like being down at the beach and having 500 or a thousand people like screaming and just the whole kind of scene down there was really awesome this week and the the visiting teams bring a lot of families and fans as well too UCLA and Stanford have big followings so it was a really great crowd down there and just a really really high level of competition so uh, for us that's it's really just a perfect way to get this season you know going. Now, going forward, um, looking to the end of the season where do you see your team by the end of the year what would you like to be yeah wow so that's a that's a big fast forward right now you know my job as a coach is definitely to as fast as things move is to take it uh take it slow sometimes we got to slow it down to speed it up as i as i look forward uh, i see uh us as big west champions that's something that's really really uh priority program focus athlete focus right now uh we had one Excuse me. Uh, we had won three in a row in the first three years, 2016 to 2018. Uh, 2019, Cal Poly dethroned us. 2020 was the COVID year. And then we lost last year in the final again. We played pretty well at the end of the year last year. We lost in a double final to Cal Poly. So now they've won two of the last three. So getting that Big West Championship back is going to be a really big deal. And it's at Cal Poly. So we actually... Um, that actually feels kind of inspiring in some ways to kind of like, you know, we've, we talk about sometimes like no one's going to give us anything. The level's really high and getting better. So when we get into these battles out there on the beach and there's so much endurance and it goes three sets and there's all this happening is that we really learn to like, you know, 
really take the victory, to really go and seize that moment. Um, so I think it's actually kind of a cool metaphor that we get to go to Cal Poly to go to go get the get, go get the Big West Championship back. Uh, we're ready to bring that cup home or that that title home. So that's a big deal. Uh, and with that, we'll um, we'll move ourselves down to Gulf Shores, Alabama, for the national championship, where we've been uh, every year, pretty much in program history, except for last year. Um, so that's that's also just a huge goal to get the athlete the experience, the athletes the experience of being down there. And what's neat this year is the field, uh, the amount of teams has grown from eight to sixteen. Uh, so they've added an extra day. They always you do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday was a double elimination tournament. Now they added a Wednesday just prior to that, and they're going to bring all sixteen teams and do like a little single elimination on that day. So I think that Wednesday, May fourth, is going to be a really exciting day for uh, beach volleyball. ESPN is going to be on fire um, with all these really just exciting matches happening. So our goal is to uh, not only be there, but to you know kind of you know, persevere, win in that first round so we can get really into the NCAA final tournament. And and then from there, we, we kind of see what happens. It's all the best teams, so we know it's going to be a real high level when we get to that very uh, last strokes. But our goal is to just, you know, make it, make it to the very last day of the season when the top three teams are still standing. So I know you talked a little bit about, like, you know, staying in the moment, but are you feeling the pressure at all? Or are you just trying to stay as calm as possible? Yeah, you know... I don't feel a lot of pressure right now. Really? Uh, it's it's not to say that there's not pressure there. It's one of the things we've been working on. We do this. Uh, we do an app. It's called Champions Mind. I'll give those guys a plug. It's been great. We we're working through it uh, week by week. It's it's kind of a sports psychology slash mental health app. Uh, and one of the chapters recently was on pressure, and we talked about uh, when pressure can be good, when pressure can be too much. Uh, what's the appropriate amount of pressure where we really can thrive? How can we expand our capacities to deal with pressure, things like that? So I think right now um, at this stage in the season, because it's still so early, uh, there's not as much pressure. Uh, again, historically, we've come in ranked, you know, up until last year, we've really come in historically ranked like in the top five. You know, for us to come in at 10 this year kind of gives us a nice like underdog status. Like we have all we can do is go up in yeah. our minds from where we're at. So uh, maybe until maybe until we get all the way up there, then maybe I feel a little bit more pressure when we're kind of, uh, you know, the ones that uh, everyone's gunning for. Right now, we've kind of turned the tides a little bit and we get an opportunity to kind of strive back for um, teams that we've historically had success with. So. Uh, and again, it's, it, I'm very comfortable in the environment. We've been around this training environment, been around the national environment for a long time. So it's really my job in a lot of ways to model, um, you know, com- we talk about composure, uh, we talk about concentration, we talk about competition often. So just to, just to really be composed in that competitive moment. And even though there's pressure, um, to acknowledge the pressure, not act like it's not there, but also to just you know learn to be comfortable in, in that environment. So it's my, my job to model that for now. So so far I'm doing pretty good. I'm sure later in the year there'll be some some uh, nail biting moments that I'll be feeling a little bit more. <laughs>